0: Two Beans in a Podcast Welcome, welcome This is Two Beans in a Podcast I am Miguel And today We do not have Nate Rondi on here But we have a guest speaker Straight from Colorado We have Ricky Ricky is someone I haven't spoken to In a long time face-to-face or on the phone, so this is exciting. It's been, like, what, 12 years or something like that? I think longer uh, than that.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So w- welcome on the podcast, Ricky. I got Pretty a sure. lot to talk to you about, a lot of catching up to do.
1: Yeah, man, thanks for having me. How you been? How
0: you been, first of all?
1: Good, man. Just living life, trying to wrangle my three kids. It's a, a whole different world Since, I think, the last time I saw you. (laughs) I think so, a little
0: bit, yeah. Yeah. Last time was, like, what, we were, like, 19?
1: I think before that, because it was, I went into the Army right after my 19th birthday in 2009.
0: So, end of, like, 2008, I remember you came down here for, like, I think it was, like, kind of fall, maybe? maybe something yeah, like I'm that not sure. it's but been yeah, a long like time 18, it's been it's been a long like 14 time. years yeah man you left yeah. in the army how was that first of all
1: it was good man uh i loved it uh it was just a whole nother experience just kind of where i was in life at the time you know and i mean you kind of experienced it with me uh my yeah. teen years but uh just had to get out of a bad situation so i kind of I tried to join the Navy first because uh, I don't know if you remember my cousin Veronica. I was living with her for a little bit. Oh yeah. Her husband, her husband was in the Navy, um, and he was like, "Man, you need to go. Just go. Like it'll be the best decision ever." I was like, "All right." So I tried to go into the Navy, um, but I had dropped out of high school, so I have my GED, and so it just didn't work out with the Navy. They were just kind of like you know what, man, like we've let a certain amount of GEDs in this year. So you you can't come in. Um, So I ended up having a, I think that was like November or December of like 2008. And uh, yeah, I was just like, I was shopping around. I went to the Air Force and the Air Force laughed at me. They're like, no, man, (laughs) the, uh, I tried to go into the Marine Corps. They had let too many uh, GEDs in that year too, so. Uh, I called the army and I was like, Hey, like, I just need a job, man. Like I got everything done. I have everything like ready to go. I just need to sign a contract and they're like, all right, we can have you out in two weeks. And I was gone. But yeah, man, it was probably the best decision I ever made. I got, you know, I have my bachelor's degree. Now they paid for it through, you know, the GI bill. I get like a monthly stipend every month for, you know, injuries I had and stuff. So
0: that's awesome. That's worth it, man. It is. It is. For for a lot of people, it's so worth it if they do it the right way, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, yep. That's funny you say that because when I was around 18, 18, yeah, going on 19, I went to the army to recruit, and then they were like, no, we can't have you because of the <laughs> tattoos. Certain oh, tattoos, yeah. they couldn't get approved. Right. So I, I got turned down. I was like, well, uh, yeah. you know, I had my kid, like, a year after that. So yeah. it was, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, we all go right. through our journey and oh, know, experience yeah. different things. But that's that's awesome that it worked out for you, you know, and you used the the GI Bill. You know, like, a lot of people yep. don't do it, and it's, it's tough.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, it worked out. Um I was trying to reenlist uh cuz I only did my initial 4 years and then I got out. But I tried to reenlist, but the job I was doing was just overstrength, like they had too many guys in there. Mm. Uh so in order for me to reenlist, I had to do a different job, which I think it was in like the medical field or doing uh it's called S1 where you just do like office work, you just like at a desk and do paperwork and I was like that's not for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up getting out, but It was probably the best decision I ever made, man. It was good. So how long did you do? Just four years, my initial contract.
0: Okay. That's cool. cool. So you got out at 23, 24?
1: 2012. No, no, no. Your
0: age. Your age.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went in at, yeah, I just turned 23, right before I turned 23. 23. And you went
0: straight to school, or where, where were you at this time?
1: No. So, so I met my wife while I was stationed in Texas um, and <laughs> kind of crazy story, but I had only known her like maybe a month or two before I was like, I knew I was going to get out. And I was like, Hey, listen, like I'm going back to Arizona. Like you're more than welcome to come with me. Um, and it's kind of crazy. Cause she had, um, she had her son, my oldest son, he's about to be 14. He was two at the time. Uh, and I was like, Hey, listen, like I'm going back to Arizona. Like you're more than welcome to come with me. And, uh, she was like, all right, (laughs) and totally wasn't expecting it. Um, so yeah, so we went back to, or I went back to Arizona. She followed me and, uh, I've been with her ever since. But once I got out, I was in Arizona for a while. I worked for, uh, Arizona department of corrections. Oh, okay. And then, so I worked for the prison system out there. And then while I was doing that, I was still going to school, got my associate's degree, started my bachelor's degree. Um, And then I worked for a sheriff's department out there briefly before I ended up moving out here to uh, Colorado. Mm -hmm. So, and then once we were here, I started working for a company. I don't know if you're familiar with USAA, it's like a big military bank and insurance. So, I worked with them for a few years. um, And that was just like killing me inside, man. I was just like sitting at a desk and just bored every day. (laughs) So, but you know, my wife, yeah, my wife was like, you know, just it's good for the family. You know, you'll be there for everything. I'm like, no, that's true. And then after a while, I was just like, after three years, man, I was just like, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I was like, I have to go do something. So we settled on uh, me becoming a firefighter. So I went to go get my EMT certification and I was like ready to go through to the application. But, um, a few of the guys in the class that were like, we just got hired on with the fire department, and like most of their calls were all medical stuff, and I was just like, "Man, I can't do this every day." <laughs> so yeah. went back to the wife, and I was like, "Hey, I need to, I need to do something else." <laughs> so yeah. we kind of talked about it. We set our guidelines on you know right, me right. doing law enforcement. Uh, so then I applied for the local police department. I got picked up. Man, been there for about just about five years now this is year five.
0: Oh, nice nice are so, you back on because i know you you had an injury a couple of months or a year ago you said
1: yeah so september of 21 i broke my leg uh playing soccer i could i took a dude's shoulder to the to the outside of my right knee um broke my leg so i had three surgeries i was out for a year and 10 days exactly Ooh, yeah. um but so that recovery was rough man but yeah, I came back in September of 22. So I've been back about four months now.
0: That's good. That's uh, good. Yeah, it's, it's fun,
1: man. I love it.
0: That's a great trajectory taking you all the way to Colorado. Yeah. Do you have roots over there or why'd you pick Colorado? Uh,
1: well, we have one route now. My son was born here. So we're kind of right, tied right. to it. But <laughs> uh, no, nah, man, my uh, my wife had a friend who was stationed here with her husband. Uh, he's still in the army actually. Um, okay. and she came out to visit one time and my wife was like, Hey, I really like it. And she's originally from Germany, so she's used to like the cold weather and the snow and stuff. Uh, so that desert heat wasn't sitting well with her, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so she came out to visit her friend and I'd say maybe like three or four months later, we were moving out here and I'm like, I can get a job anywhere, you know, with law enforcement of stuff, course. there's always work. So. I was like, I don't care where I go as long as I can find a job. So that's how we ended up out here. Colorado, that's a long way from Arizona. Yeah, it's like 12 hours.
0: It's not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's... And how is it in the city? you're? In? I mean, you don't have to say a city you're in, but how is it with local law enforcement? Like, is it pro-police officers or is it like, you know, Against you guys, how how is it like a a regular day, regular um, you know, a regular talking to like a, a citizen of, when you stop yeah. someone? Like, are they? Because right now, you know, it's it's tough in a lot of cities, and a all lot right. of people are apprehensive, right? Even as soon as getting pulled over, you, you know. all right
1: Yeah. So I work in the city I live in. I'm in Colorado Springs in Colorado, so we're like an hour south of Denver. Uh-huh. Um for the most part, we're pretty well supported by our community. Um, it's pretty awesome. So we're, it's kind of a different city. So there's five military bases around, uh, Colorado Springs. So it's a lot of like military families, a lot of families that have ties to the military. Um, so we're pretty well supported here. Um, I'd say most contacts go pretty well. Um, I don't really have any issues. You'll get like the random person that, uh, actually I just had one dude, um, I think I had arrested him for DUI. Uh, So I'm like at a green light and then he's going the opposite way. And I just see him come barreling down. He just runs the red light. So right in front of me, like if I would have pulled that, he probably would have hit me. Uh, So I go pull him over and he's high as a kite, man. (laughs) just like stoned Mm. out of his mind. Uh, And I see, you know, like the glass pipes and stuff where uh, he's smoking dabs Mm. and uh, like steam still coming off of one. So I'm sure he was like smoking one while he's driving. Right, (laughs) right. So he's blitzed, man, and uh, but the contact goes well. Everything's fine. We, you know, give him his ticket and stuff for the DUI, uh, and then afterwards, he's like, "Man, he goes, I really appreciate you being really cool, man." I was <laughs> like, "Yeah, no problem." Like, there's no reason for me to be a dick, you know. <laughs> and uh, he was like, "I was honestly debating when you were walking up if I should even like roll my window down or just crack it and be that asshole," and I was like, "Why? Why would you do that?" <laughs> Yeah, So he was kind of contemplating. So you get like the random ones where they're just like, I know my rights when most of the time they don't Uh, and they just kind of crack their window open or they'll like put their ID on the window and don't say a word. So Uh,
0: you'll get random ones. Yeah,
1: exactly. So um, but yeah, so that guy, I mean, even then, like we took him to the hospital because he had to do a blood draw and stuff. But even on the way back, he's just like, because, man, you were super cool, blah, blah, blah uh he's like you know i watch a lot of cop videos so i know all my rights (laughs) so but then he starts talking about his rights and he's like completely wrong so the education part of law enforcement as well is is awesome man getting to teach people what their actual rights are what they can and can't do uh Mm -hmm. what we can and can't do as law enforcement officers so uh that's what that part's fun too that's cool that's cool i mean that's a dui
0: so he went to jail right no, man. So, <laughs> like, that's what I want to know because I mean, yeah. I'm in California, right? Whole different, whole different country, you know. Yeah,
1: for sure, man. Uh, now, so, so Colorado's becoming more liberal. So a lot of stuff is becoming like less, or I guess decriminalized, uh, is what they would call it. Mm-hmm. Let me, I'm going to try to mute my laptop. See if that works. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so a lot of stuff is becoming more decriminalized. So like uh, last year, so 2022, uh, March of 22 is when like a lot of felonies became misdemeanors. Um, so like even drug use, man, it's crazy. So you can carry around uh, any kind of drug, cocaine, crack, heroin, anything. As long as it's less than four grams, it's just a server release ticket. It's just a misdemeanor. Where before they were going to jail because it's a felony. Uh, so even... Yeah, so it's crazy, man. So DUIs, even here in the state of Colorado, it's all a misdemeanor unless it's your fourth conviction. So I can get arrested for DUI 25 times, and if I've only been convicted of two of them, like I've gone to court and I've gotten sentenced and punished for two DUIs, my next DUI would not be a a felony. It would still be a misdemeanor. It's just a ticket, and we release you back to wherever you go. (laughs) What? Yeah, it's crazy, man. So unless it's your fourth conviction wow. or your fourth DUI where you've been convicted of three, it's yeah. still just a misdemeanor. It's crazy. <laughs> and coming from Arizona, Arizona is tough on DUIs, man. Oh, like, yeah. They For slam sure. you the first DUI. So yeah, yeah, it was a whole new beast coming out here, man.
0: Dang, that's... that's that's crazy. Oh, and you were in Arizona, you were policing as well, right?
1: Uh, yeah, so I worked for the prisons out there, and then I worked for Pinell County Sheriff's Office for a little bit. Uh, I was just a deputy in the jail there, though, so I wasn't actually controlling. Okay,
0: I was gonna say, like, you gotta learn a whole new book.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it's tough, man, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a lot to go over. Don't play. Oh, yeah, no, they don't, man. It's crazy. Yeah, no, man, that's, that's wild, you know, like,
0: getting to hear different cities, different in the u.s you know how they compare to california and i mean i don't really get out of california too much you know yeah. the furthest i go it's up to utah That's yeah it. i see that you know so you
1: guys, but, jasmine moved up there right
0: yeah jasmine's out there and we, yeah, we go visit and uh my wife's brother he's he's out there with his family so we go oh, out there nice. sometimes it's yeah it's nice it's beautiful like that's one of the reasons we started this podcast, you know, because the mountains and the, and the coast, it's it's just two different worlds, you know, and getting to hear your guys' experience on that side. And we're living in the same time period, you know? So it's just, it's just wild, you know, the, the different changes, the laws, the, you know, the, the regime changes, this is, it's crazy. It's crazy that we're so close, so close, but like, so far, and yeah, exactly. in different ways, you know. So, when you go out like on a weekend with your family, and you know, you guys get some ice cream or whatever. Does your profession, like, do, are you always looking behind your back, or do you <laughs> do you like? I don't know. It's, it. I don't know. You got to the point where maybe you got used to it, but. How has that been? Like, does it affect you at all or to see someone that maybe you put in jail or?
1: Yeah, man, it's uh <laughs> it started like over a decade ago and my wife always makes fun of me for it because um, when I was in the army, I deployed overseas uh, and I saw some combat, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but so even then, I just kind of when I came back, I've always been. I don't want to say like on pins and needles but i'm always aware of my surroundings of you know who's around me who's sitting behind us who looks like what and every time we go to eat my wife's already used to it too like she always gives me this chair that faces the door and like has the best view in the room um and i'm always constantly just kind of looking around and just kind of observing my my surroundings uh you know every time i drive i'm just kind of paying attention to everything so it's kind of become like second nature i don't like make it a point to do stuff but it just kind of happens and it's just kind of part of my like daily life habits now um but yeah especially now as a law enforcement officer it's just it's even crazier we're just like i don't know if you see a car you know with like the back end a little low i'm like oh i wonder what they have in the trunk uh you know if i see it with like a broken windshield or something i'm like i wonder what they're up to um it's kind of like the broken windows theory right like where you see all these broken windows and you just kind of if you let it be the more chaos is going to happen so it's kind of like yeah. kind of nip stuff stuff in the butt before you know it, it escalates so yeah especially with the family man i'm always watching out walking through parking lots just watching cars looking at who has their brake lights on or who has their reverse lights on and so yeah, i'm always kind of looking around <laughs> and and how do you feel about that i'm good man i'm like i said i've been doing it for you know since i got back in 2011 so like 11 years 12 years now (laughs) so it's just kind of like part of me now unfortunately um but yeah so the the injury that i had when i was out for a year that kind of like gave me an insight into like not doing law enforcement not doing like anything where i'm like in some stuff um so it's kind of like it opened my eyes to like the other. I, I tell people at work, I'm like, I saw, you know, the other side and the grass is a little bit greener over there. <laughs> so that's why, you know, I'm doing real estate and kind of transitioning out of law enforcement now. But yes. yeah.
0: Do you feel like that's going to go away as you change your profession and, you know, get out of law enforcement? You
1: feel like maybe you're gonna
0: relax a little bit now? No.
1: <laughs> and I feel like I'm relaxed, but, you know, my right, wife right. definitely tells us, like, oh, man, you're, like, pretty stressed out. And I'm like, I don't feel stressed out, but. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I mean, growing up the way we will grow up, and, I mean, you remember, you know, gangs and
1: yeah. you know,
0: different different environments. It's kind of something that you have to, like, just, I'm not law enforcement, but yeah, I'm looking at, like, you know is this guy gonna cause something is you know like we were in downtown trying to have some breakfast honestly I'm not a big downtown type of guy yeah because there's so many transients and they're just like you know poor them because of their mental health but I'm trying to have breakfast with my daughter right and it's like they're screaming out obscenities and she's scared yeah you know so I mean naturally I think as a as a person that that came from the background that you know we came from it's kind of like you you have to be like that and then you become a dad and you're like 10 times
1: Yeah yeah <laughs> How
0: how yeah. is the family by the way you said you had three children you said 13
1: yep. Yeah 13 he'll be 14 next month and my uh-huh. daughter just turned 9 uh like a week ago and then the youngest he's 5, he'll be 6 in September.
0: Oh, your daughter just turned turned 9? Yep. My daughter turned 9 uh the 12th, January 12th. Oh, really? Yeah, my yeah. daughter is
1: on the 28th.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that's wild. That's you said crazy. your son is how
1: how uh, 13. One? Oh, the youngest one, he's yeah. 5. 5. Okay. Yeah. My older one,
0: she's 13 in June. Nice.
1: Yeah, so thirteen and nine,
0: but and that's that's, it. those teenage that's years, man, <laughs> man, yeah, it's that, tough. that transition, and I mean, you know, because for us, at twelve, thirteen, it was it was tough.
1: Oh yeah, know? man, it was wild F- <laughs>
0: fitting in, and but you were you're pretty mature. You're pretty mature for for your 12, 13 year olds, you know, because there was a lot of times where it was like. Let's go do some bad shit. And Ricky was like, maybe we shouldn't do some bad (laughs) shit, you know? So I'm glad I had you as a friend and listened to you maybe half the time. Right. (laughs)
1: Because
0: you need a friend like that, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Or else, I mean, you just doing bad shit all the time?
1: Yeah, exactly. No, it was good, man. It was good. We kind of balanced each other out. I think we hung out all the damn time. When did we meet? What was it? Seventh grade?
0: I think so. I think it was like the end of sixth grade. You you came from that other school. Grant,
1: yeah. yeah, we met where at Rincon. Yeah, is that the name so. of it?
0: I think. Yeah, yeah, that's the name. That's the Rincon name of it. Middle School. Yeah, yeah. And then even after we got, I got kicked out. We we did boxing together like every day. Yeah. Remember we that boxing gym was sick.
1: That oh was, no. Well that was before because remember we would take our uh our bag gloves up to the school early. Yeah. we what well,
0: have am saying. like <laughs> like we hung out every day at school and then I yeah. got kicked out and we were still
1: hanging out, like meeting up
0: at the at the boxing gym. But No no yeah. no, but I'm
1: saying remember do you remember at school? We would oh, yeah. take our gloves to the school above yeah. the uh the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like a bunch of us and we'd all be scrapping up there.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, no, was, those
0: those were good times. That's what I am saying, like at twelve,
1: that oh, was twelve.
0: Yeah. Twelve years old, yep. You know, so at twelve, like, I thank God my daughter's the way she is right now. No, same
1: man, it's tough. Yep. It's tough. Yeah, my thirteen year old, he's like total opposite of me, bro. He's like a nerd. He's super smart. Man, he built his own gaming PC, oh, and he wow. just he loves to read books and do all his work. He just did this, like, crazy science project. And I'm like, man, when I was your age, bro, that was, like, the last thing on my mind was doing schoolwork, you know? So it's wild, man.
0: Yeah, Ricky, at 12, he was into girls, uh big jerseys, hats. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. That was your thing. It was, you had your little style, your little swag.
1: And, yeah, tried, you know. tried.
0: <laughs> I mean... For, for that time, you were, you know, swagged out. Right.
1: <laughs> Had my cargo shorts that turned into yeah. pants. <laughs> the zip-off oh, pants.
0: You, oh, the zip-offs? <laughs> yeah. I mean.
1: I still remember those.
0: It wasn't the, the 2000s if you didn't have the zip-offs. I know. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, good those, times, man.
0: Good times. Good times. You got your kids uh, in jujitsu right now, right?
1: Yeah, they do uh, taekwondo. And it's like a, they'll bring in jujitsu sometimes, but. Yeah, they. they How's it that? Man.
0: Like, how did you guys get into that?
1: Um, uh, so the jujitsu instructor, his name's Johnny. Um, he was actually my wife's client when him and his family moved out here from Cali. Uh, mm-hmm. they lived up in the Bay Area. Um, so they used my wife to buy a house, and then we just kind of became friends with them. Man, that's how like a lot of our clients, they just become friends and kind of hang out with them all the time. Oh, so. Um. But they became really good friends of ours. Uh, I started training with him actually in jiu jitsu uh, right before the police academy, just trying to get in better shape and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, and we just kind of stuck with it after him or after that. And uh, so then we had he was working out at a gym in Monument. It's like 30 minutes north of us. Um, And then the owner from the Monument gym, his brother moved here from Miami and opened his own gym here in Colorado Springs. Um, And then he had that, he wanted to have the jujitsu program. So then he had my buddy, Johnny, he's the black belt and the instructor. So he had him come down and just kind of run the jujitsu program out of his gym. Um, So we're just kind of there supporting them, supporting friends and their businesses as well. That's awesome. That's
0: definitely supporting because I know jujitsu is low pricey. you know. Yeah, it can be for (laughs) sure. Especially with
1: three kids.
0: Yeah. I looked into it, but like a year ago, before yeah. the girls like actually got into just sports in general, right? And I was like, man, it's three hundred dollars a
1: person,
0: three hundred dollars for a gi.
1: Well, those are those are Cali prices. <laughs> that's what I'm saying,
0: yeah. and, and that's that's another thing we were talking about is uh, you know, the prices is just ridiculous out here i mean i haven't been able to get a home because i don't want to spend a million dollars
1: yeah it's crazy man
0: like talking to to realtor and uh you know your your wife has a what a bunch of experience in it right
1: yeah she's been doing real estate for almost 10 years
0: yeah so i mean she knows that it's like it's crazy out here i mean all I'm really asking for is like three bedrooms, a nice yard so I could have like a garden and right. you know some space, some little party space or whatever. And it's like nothing under nine hundred thousand over yeah. here, man. like that's uh, crazy, man. Yeah. It's yeah. it's tough. Like, what what's the difference over there? Like that you see, as far as uh, like prices. I know Colorado Springs is a little bit. A little bit pricey too,
1: right? Um comparable to Arizona or to uh California, not really, man. We have no, no. so now in twenty twenty three, um stuff is a little bit different just because like the rates, the interest rates on loans are pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, so now stuff that's been on the market is just sitting there a little bit longer, so it's dropping in price. Um But like I just had some clients that went into contract this past week uh, and they have it's like a three bedroom house. Um, So it's two floors. The basement isn't finished. So it's just like cement and then walls basically and then plumbing and stuff like that. So there's no bedrooms or anything down there, but it has enough room for like an extra two bedrooms. Uh, But the main floor is about 1800 square feet and it's like three bedrooms, two baths up there. They have a pretty decent sized yard uh, and they got that for 385,000 so Sign me up. <laughs> yeah it's crazy bro but compare and that's 2023 right where that house like 10 years ago would have been probably like 150 like 200,000 uh we got our house i have like a 4,000 square foot house and it's like six bedrooms i have a two-story with a basement uh uh-huh. and we have four four bathrooms uh we got that for like 298 in 2015 so I'm like, if we could just take our entire house and just move it to a different state, that'd be awesome. but yeah, if we try to sell, I was like I told my wife because you know, like I said, she's been doing real estate forever and she just loves right. like looking at houses and different neighborhoods and stuff. and so when she goes to show houses, she'll see different houses and she's like, we need to move here. and I'm like, nah, right. like we're just yeah. gonna sell this house and all our money's gonna go into the next one, so yeah, it's not even worth it, that's but yeah, we'll never move from here, man.
0: No, nah, that's that's it.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Another thing too, it's like the way we grew up, right? Like I don't have that childhood home where I can go back to and just be like, yeah, this is my old house, you know? Um, so I want that for my kids. Like this is the house that we grew up in. Like mom and dad still live there. And maybe one day when they die, we'll move, we'll move into it or we'll keep it, you know? So I kind of want that for my kids as well.
0: Yeah. That, oh man, that's, that's a different feeling. I bet you know to yeah man to get something f- for your kids, you know that you you never had, you right? Cuz I try to do that. Like that's what I try to do every day. You yeah. know, just give my kids my presence and you know the best of me every day, which sometimes it's harder than others, but you know, we try, right? Yeah. No one's perfect, but we try and I mean things like what you just said, it's just like, man, that's, that's beautiful because you are going to have that for your kids and your kids are going to remember that. And you know, they're going to grow up and generations. And that's, that's how it starts. You know, you, yeah. you started that, you know, and that's like, wow. Yeah. Have you seen uh Yellowstone? Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> we love Yellowstone.
0: <laughs> that's how you
1: started. Yeah. You know?
0: You started in eighteen or eighteen eighty three and then yep. you know, it's still running. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. That's that's amazing. That's that's great to hear, man. So that's it, right then. Colorado Springs. The, yeah. The I mean we
1: once, you know, we make enough money to where we can buy like a, a winter home, then we'll kinda go snowboard somewhere else, but It'll be down down the road in the future, so right, that's, we'll see. That's cool. You don't miss uh, anything from California, in specific? Um, we were just out there in November, man. Um, and I miss like the the culture, right? Because like out here, it's nothing but fucking white people. <laughs> so it's like nothing but mountain men. But I miss like yeah. we were up in LA. We took the kids to Disney and Universal, but. Um, yeah, I just miss the culture, man. Just being able to go out and get a, you know, a hot dog wrapped in bacon (laughs) or some tacos somewhere, some good tacos, like, so I miss that part, man. But as far as like, but now as an adult, you know, you got to think about the laws and all the guns that I have and if I can take them out there. And (laughs) so it's like kind of that exchange, like I'll go visit once in a while and, and get my fix. But
0: yeah, it's funny you say that because. I love the culture out here I mean I'm I could look out my window and see t j like yeah I'm that close, but when I go up to Utah, I see so many people and they're like so I don't know they're just they're so loving, they're so inviting they're like I don't know i've I've experienced nothing but love out there in the mountains, you yeah, know? like everyone I've met. They're just super cool, super nice. I don't know. I don't know if it's... And it's a little more slowed down. Right. Like, that's how it feels to me. Like, everybody's a little bit more relaxed. And I like it. To be honest yeah. with you, if if they could tell me, like, oh, you know, you could have the same job and your wife could have the same job and live out there, like, I think I'd do it, you know? Start
1: applying, man. <laughs>
0: Well, <laughs> the thing is, is that my wife she just got an another job. She was oh, working, really? Um, yeah, she was working uh with the school district Chula Vista. Okay. She was doing speech therapy over there, and she just got hired with the uh, with the church.
1: Oh, gotcha. So
0: she's working for our church now, and that's dope. I mean, she loves it. She that's you know that's her passion. Her passion is kids, and pretty much. Seamless transfer because she was helping kids doing speech, and you know right. now she's she's helping grow the next generations, you know, under God and teaching them the right ways, you know. So that's awesome, man. It's cool. I mean, the only way we would go like anywhere else right now would be if like we have to go plan a church or something, you know, yeah, something big like that, something that we get called for, but right. As of right now, we're just, we're planning it here, you know. I I work the city, uh, for the city, for the emergency services uh, sector. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love it, man. Getting uh, to experience, like talking to people, helping people out. Because uh, they call us for almost like, it's almost never like a big emergency. Mm-hmm. But it's something that you can help them with. If you choose to, I know my boss probably be like mad if he heard this, but, like, <laughs> you know, people have plumbing issues and they call mm-hmm. us and it's like nothing related to us. But I don't know if you remember, but my dad's a plumber. Mm-hmm. So he's been a plumber his whole life. And right. so I'm like, oh, if I could help you, like, I'll help you out. No problem. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of that just talking to people. People cussing you out, you know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you get a lot of that too, you know.
1: Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's it's all a customer it. service job, man. I always tell people like yeah. being a car is just a customer service job. Like, depending on who you're gonna get on the day, it's like yeah. either you're gonna get good service or bad service, but you can't please everybody, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing too, you know, like going into a job like that. So. Side story before that. Yeah, I applied. I applied to be a cop at the city of San Diego, mm-hmm. and I went. I did their their uh, the physical course. Or okay,
1: the... like a PT course.
0: So I, man, I tell you, sometimes I say some dumb shit. <laughs> I go up to one of the police officers. That's you know, I'm waiting in line. There's like a hundred of us. And then I'm about to go up. And I'm like, hey, what's your guys' record on this? (laughs) Stupid mistake. Oh, we're breaking down records? Oh, you (laughs) want to break a record? I'm like, no, no. I I don't want to do that. I I, I didn't say that. I'm just, I'm wondering. I'm here waiting in line. I don't
1: know. But but me knowing you, and if it's still deep down in there, you're a competitor. So... (laughs) <laughs> I knew what you meant.
0: I did the course. <laughs> I broke the academy record <laughs> while this guy was right beside me, like, "Oh, we're breaking records! Oh, we're breaking records!" You know, it was just like, <laughs> "Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom," just talking, and and well, the whole way I was like, "All right, then, let's do it." And so I broke the record by like I don't know seven seconds or something like that. Yeah. And then I go to the to the physical application. No, no, no. Psychological evaluation or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I didn't lie. No. (laughs) Which is one of the things that a lot of people told me to do. Yeah. And I didn't because I just it didn't like sit well with me, you know? Like I was like, I'm gonna start a new profession. And I want to be truthful and, you know, whatever my past was, whatever I'm putting on this paper, you know, it's because I'm honest and I just want to start it off good, you sure.
1: know? right.
0: And they were like, apply in three more years. Oh, whole day. I was like, uh, you know, whatever. And then after that, I landed the city job, you know, the other, the other section, which I love it, you know, and it's best thing that could happen to me, but something in me, like in there, I was like, ah, you know, I want to fight crime and, you know, change things. And it's, man, it's tough after, after that happened. And then we had, you know, so many cases of police brutality and then, People going against cops, and I mean it's it's a tough job, you know. And it's yeah. now now it's more mentally tough, you know. And I wonder, like, man, how does this affect them to see this on the TV, on the news, on the Twitter, or whatever? And then they got to go to work the next day. Like, I don't know if it's gonna there's gonna be a riot, or you know, if someone's gonna attack me, like. I try to be a little bit more, you know, comprehensive on, on like a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Because, like you said, it's a customer service job, but some of the guys, like, they don't have good customer service. Oh. (laughs) You know? And it's like, like right now, I have a lot of contact with police officers and and a lot of them are real cool. A lot of them are like, level headed, but then you get those that are not. Right. And they're not like too hard to spot, you know? Yeah. And it's like, man, that's that's where it starts and that's where you see that maybe they could abuse their power. And you know, it's it's a tough tough situation. It's a tricky situation. But I just think that like we gotta be more empathetic with not just police officers, but with like people in in general you know it's yeah. Yeah, but it's it's tough though you know like you don't know when you're gonna get something pulled on you know like somebody could be compliant cool and but in the back of your head you still have to be thinking like you know something could happen you know so right. not everyone is is up to that you know mentally i think yeah but, to make the yeah, right decision
1: yeah. It's a hard balance, dude. It's, um, it just depends on, it comes down to like every person, every cop, uh, how they handle stuff in their life. And cause you'll get some guys that, you know, they've been doing this for 15, 20, 25 years, some 30, 30 years. And like the things that you see as a cop, it's, it, it varies, man. Um, like the other night I, I went out, my first call out of the gate was a child abuse case where, you know, mom's spanking the crap out of this kid with a belt and his butt's all bruised and he can't even sit down. Um, And the kid's like, my kid's age, he was eight years old. And, you know, so inside I'm like, my blood is freaking boiling, dude. <laughs> I'm like, like, how could Mind you... Mind is like, boiling right now. Yeah. And I'm like, you have one kid, like I have three, like I could never imagine doing that to any of my kids, you know? Um, But again, you know, it's just part of the job. And then I go to that arrest mom for that and, you know, take mom out of the home and, and the dad's there. He's pissed off at me cause I arrested the wife and, you know, it just just like, how about your kid? Like, you know, think about your kid. And so like all this stuff is going on and that call only lasts for maybe two hours. And then after that, I still have to go to a next call and the next call is some crazy dude supposedly having a, you know, schizophrenic episode, but uh, he's just, had a fight with his boyfriend and now he's running across the main highway <laughs> and, you know, we go contact him and he's totally lucid answering my questions. Cause he knows if he's having a schizophrenic episode, I have to take him to the hospital. Cause now he's a danger to himself and the public. Right. So he answers all my questions. Like he's all mentally there. Um, so I mean, I can't do anything. My hands are tied, but then he, Continues to like call his boyfriend, harass the boyfriend, and then runs through a neighborhood pounding on doors. So I'm chasing this dude around, and then mm. finally we get him, take him to the hospital uh, to, you know, at least get checked out. And yeah. then after that, it's like I have to go to a neighbor dispute where this lady's complaining that her neighbor's dog is barking too loud. So it's like I'm dealing with all this stuff, and then I have to go to this stupid call where it's like, talk to your neighbor. Like, so many of these problems could be fixed if you just talk to your neighbor, just kind of, you know, be a a good neighbor and talk to them and I'm sure they'll, you know, try to calm their dog down or whatever. Like it doesn't need police to come out and and pound on your neighbor's door. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, that's the type of stuff that we deal with on a day to day. And it's like after, you know, years and years of doing that where it's like something egregious and then something dumb, something egregious, something dumb. And then sometimes you'll just have a whole shift of just crazy stuff, all shift. So just having, being able to like kind of compartmentalize, compartmentalize all that. Um, like I always tell people, I'm like, I get off at three in the morning. Typically I'm off on time unless I get a crazy case or something that keeps me over. But at like three Oh five, I'm done with it. Like I, I even like the next day when I wake up, my wife would be like, how was work? I'm like, good. And she like, what happened? And I'm like, man, like I have to literally just sit there and think about like, what did I do last night? <laughs> Cause I'm just, uh, I'm done with it, man. I'm like, yeah, yeah. once it happens, I'm over it, you know? So it's crazy, but
0: but I bet I bet it's not like
1: that for everyone. No, no, and that's what I'm saying. It just comes uh, down to the to the person and how they handle stuff.
0: Yeah, which leads me to to another question because I was thinking about it right now as you were talking. Like, do you guys have a protocol for like, okay, this officers, these officers had this situation on this day. So maybe they might want to see someone or talk to someone. Or is it only when, like, you shoot someone? Because that that's, like, a requirement, right? Like, if you shoot someone, you have to see a psychologist?
1: To get cleared, yeah. To get cleared. cleared. Right. So,
0: so what about, like, do they facilitate that for you guys for other situations? Or do, like do you as an officer feel like you like
1: would benefit from that or what do you think? So it depends on the situation. Uh, we do have this thing it's called a uh, peer to peer support mm-hmm. uh, or they usually just shorten it a uh, peer support. So there's a team like a specific team that goes and gets training in mm-hmm. not counseling, but just kind of coaching and like, it's usually cops that have been in other type of like um, like hot situations, either like shootings or big time calls, mass shootings, something like that where they've gone through it and they've kind of like sought counseling and stuff like that. So then these people usually sign up for the peer support. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like on our homepage website. And any cop can go there and it has every single peer supporter uh, listed with their picture. And then it has like their cell number, work cell number and all that. So anytime that you feel like you should go talk to somebody that you need to go talk to somebody, you can, you're, you're more than welcome to hit up anybody in that peer support group. Um, we also have different programs for like counseling. Um, we get, you know, discounted rates through uh, for certain counselors around town, but we also have like an in-house, I don't even know if he's like a therapist or a psychologist or what he is exactly, mm-hmm. but uh, you can always request an appointment to go see him uh, for any mm-hmm. situation. So Technically it comes down to the cop and whatever cop is involved in whatever situation to kind of seek that help. Um, it's always recommended. Um, we also have chaplains. So, uh, we have chaplains assigned to like every one of our divisions. Uh, so chaplains are always available and they're always willing to help. Uh, they'll drop into like our, they, they call them lineups. It's like our briefings right before we start our shift. Uh, mm-hmm. so they'll come in and they'll just kind of talk to everybody like, Hey, if anybody needs help or want to talk, you can stay after or, Here's my card. Here's my booklet. Um, so, yeah, those resources are always available. Um, the most recent incident I think that we've had was, I don't know if you heard about the Club Q shooting. It's like a LGBTQ plus club uh, that ended up getting shot up. No, no. I think like five or six people died and a bunch oh, of other wow. people were shot. Uh, but It was like a big like nationwide uh, news story. Well, um, how long ago was this? Uh, this was in November. Like, mid-November. Because I remember... I, luckily, I was on vacation, so I wasn't working. Um, but it was when I was out in Cali. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. I remember we we kind of, like, text about it a little bit. And you told me Probably, you, were, yeah.
1: you were out. Yep. Dang. Yeah, man. so that's that happened in my division. That's, like, the area that I work. So um, you would have...
0: If you were there, you would have been out oh, there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
1: Um, But, yeah, so the, the cops that were, like the first ones on scene were pretty new cops. They were out of our last Academy class. So they've been on for like less than a year, uh, outside of the Academy. Uh, so there, I know a couple of them were kind of struggling with it. Um, and I talked to one of them and she was like actively getting counseling and stuff. And, yeah. um, I'm considered like to be more of a senior cop on my shift. So it's kind of like, and I've been through counseling when I got back from my deployment and stuff. Like I'm, I'm all for counseling, man. I think it helps my wife and mm-hmm. I go to marriage counseling once in a while when we need it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm always like pro counseling. And like, it's not gonna hurt you, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's only gonna be beneficial for, for you and your mental health. So um, yeah, I think that's another thing is like other cops kind of praising other cops for doing it, uh, just kind of inf- reinforcing to them, like, it's okay to get help, like you need help. Uh, you know, you don't want to start having all this stuff eat at you from the inside out. Cause then that's yeah, when you become that's... that, that like dickhead cop where, you know, you're just hating the world and cussing everybody out. Cause yeah. it, it's rough, man. So yeah, I always encourage everybody to at least talk to somebody and I'm always available for them as well.
0: That's awesome. That's, that's awesome that you guys have the resources there and that, you know, you in specific are willing to, to talk to people, you know, because that's one of the things that I think about too. Is like, Like you, you just told me like a whole day, but you did so much. You saw so much, so many emotions, you know, it's like, it's tough to think. Like if I was getting mad about the, you know, the situation with the kid and the spanking, you know, like I could only imagine you see it. You have to talk to the parents, which you're like, you guys, are, you know, you guys are terrible. Like that's, that's, my emotions off the gate, you know. Right. Obviously you, you you're a protector, you're a dad, you wanna, you know, see that a child is okay. And uh and then you go through the rest of the stuff. You go, you know, a regular ticket or whatever, you know, so that's it's good to have that, but the guys that don't use it or, you know, like the guys that are like, ah, eh, it doesn't help or whatever. Like that's that's a resource that I think you, you need, you know, because Everybody from police officers to like store clerks, they they have their moments. They have their times where you know your your brain overworks itself, or you know, some mental health is a real thing, and it's something that you have to work at. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do, because I remember you were telling me right now about it, the. You said he was a, a schizophrenic man.
1: Uh huh. He had a history of schizophrenia.
0: Okay, so when you guys go to calls like that like do you feel that the training is there for police officers as far as like how to handle a mental health issue like if they call you the operator says you know there's a mental health issue obviously you go to calls where it is that but they don't tell you that off the bat right
1: right yeah so i'm kind of like I hate going to mental health calls, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not because of the call, but because I'm not a trained psychiatrist. I'm not a trained mental health doctor to like Mm -hmm. be able to help this guy. There's kind of limited things I can do uh, as Mm -hmm. far as like mental health. Um, So here we call it an M1 hold. So it's like a mental health watch. Um, So if we see that somebody is just kind of like, Not all there. They can't answer my questions. Uh, So usually we'll ask them um, like specific questions. Like who's the president? Just kind of simple stuff that everybody should know. Um, Mm -hmm. Like who's the president? That's not my president. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, like how much money do I have if I have six quarters? What's the date? What's the time? Like just general questions that most people will know. Right. Uh Um, And a lot of people you'll be surprised uh, just can't answer them. Uh, And unfortunately, if we see that they're a danger to themselves, that they can't take care of themselves, if we leave, there's still going to be a problem. Like we're going to be called out there again for whatever they're doing, or if they're a danger to somebody else, then we put them on this mental health watch. Um, And basically what it is, is we'll take them into custody. Um, They don't go to jail or anything like that, but we'll take them to like a mental facility, like a hospital. uh, And then we'll just let the hospital know like, Hey, we physically brought them here because they're on an M1 hold. Because um, otherwise, if we don't have that legal authority to like hold them because of a mental issue, then it's kidnapping. So that's the main reason why we do the M1 hold. And then we take them to the to the hospital. We take them to a doctor. It was like, hey, listen, like this is what we observed. This is what they were doing. This is what, you know, we believe is going on. Uh, but they're you know not safe to be on their own. They're not safe to be at home. They're not safe to be around these people. So we're bringing them here to you. And then they'll talk to the doctor and then the doctor's the one that decides on you know what's going to happen um but a lot of people don't understand that a lot of people think that we're going to go there and we're going to like sit there and talk to them for hours and kind of fix their problem at least for that night but that's not the case unfortunately like i'm not trained to do that um we're trained we have something called cit uh, crisis intervention training um so it's just like somebody who's having a crisis (laughs) we kind of learn how to talk to them and I've sat there with people for, you know, an hour or two on a bridge trying to like talk them down and kind of oh, talk because wow. a lot of people, they just want to be heard and listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've done that before, but it's not like I still have to do something with them after. Right. Like I can't just leave them there and then they're going to jump off the bridge and then it's on me after. <laughs> so it's, it's tough, man, as a cop, because uh, I mean, technically we're law enforcement, we're enforcing laws. So it's tough trying to take on the medical role because we're usually the first ones into the call. Uh, it's hard to take on like the mental health coach or mental health, you know, intervention, uh, and then law enforcement on top of that. So that's the only reason why I don't like going to mental health calls. Uh, but our department actually started something. Uh, it's called a CRT, uh, crisis response team. So it's a law enforcement officer. It's a uh, like medic or paramedic. And then it's like a licensed clinician. Uh, so they all roll. Dude, like the whole city we have like i think we're up to four or five teams now um and they literally that's all they go to is like the kind of mental health calls um and if they're not busy they'll try to take them off a patrol uh and and kind of go to those calls and handle that that way um but i think that's how it should be we should every department should have that team like the law enforcement should be there just in case an assault or something like that happens but also have like a mental health professional there just to kind of try to alleviate the situation of whatever it's going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that and I'm, that's what I was wondering if like the de- departments have that or if that's something that like should even fall on the officer, you know, because I mean, that's that's tough. It's tough yeah. tough ass. Tough ass to just do all, like you said all those things, you know, it's, you're not just playing one role, you know, you're playing Several roles, and when you think about it, it's like that's that's a lot, a lot to handle, and you know you want to take care of yourself as well. So, not responding to those calls is like, you know, if, if you can't handle it, it's 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 better to to let people that are trained to handle it. You know?
1: Right? Exactly.
0: That's that's a tough situation, man. Like, yep. you guys. <laughs> I got a lot of respect for police officers and they it, it's like with everything, you know, like we were watching the news the other day, there was a, like a main break, a water main break. Mm-hmm. And right away it's like, what did the city workers do or d- didn't do? or right. you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's like certain uh, professions. They get a lot of, a lot of flack from, a couple people, yeah, know. for sure. A couple people do something wrong, and then it's like, oh, this is how you're being looked at, you know? Right? Uh, it's 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 tough the the world we live in, you know. And yeah, I mean, your trajectory, though, man. I'm I'm uh I'm happy for you, man. I tell you that. Like you got a beautiful family. It. You know, you look like you're happy how do you how do you feel you feel like uh at 32 you f- do you feel like all right like this is where you wanted to be or do you feel um happy as far as you know your family and and where you're at right now or how, how's your mental health right now with with everything that's going on
1: uh, everything's good man um pretty happy so it's i can't ask for for much um you know life is good family's good all the kids are healthy um, yeah I'm, I'm happy where I'm at man but still a lot of work to do and <laughs> it'll it'll stop once it's over you know yeah yeah
0: how's how's your mom and dad have you have you talked to them lately or
1: man my dad I haven't talked to in I think over like 10 years man um, It's been that long yeah uh he's uh, from what I hear from my other families, that, you know, he's still doing the same old stuff, man, just drinking and getting into shit. So <laughs> I just try to mm-hmm. stay away from him. But uh, my mom's good, man. She's out in Vegas. Um, she moved out there, I think, maybe 2004, 2005. Right after I moved to Arizona, she left to, to Vegas. Um, she's been out there. She lived here with us for a couple years Uh, She was staying in our basement and just kind of helping us out because my wife was starting to pick up with real estate and uh, you know I was working most of the day. Uh, So she was helping out with the kids and uh, so that was a huge help. So she lived out here for I think like two, almost three years and then she ended up moving back to to Vegas. Um, But she's doing real well, man. That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: That's good to hear. But do you ever think that you're going to reach out to your dad?
1: Nah, I probably won't,
0: man. Nah, never? Nah. I found Why? out some other...
1: Because it was just some bad stuff that I found out after. Um, ah, okay. So, yeah. than that. Yeah. So, I'm like, I just don't want any part of that. I don't want my kids around that. And, yeah. Nah, so it's...
0: That's tough, you know, when you end up becoming a dad, become a family man. Right. There's... If... Yeah, if you could keep your kids away from stuff that, you know, you don't want them to see or experience, like... You know, sometimes that's that's the move you got to make, you know, right. but it's hard, though, you know, because uh, I told you about my dad and, you know, he's, I don't know if I told you again that he's, it's back, the cancer's back.
1: No, nah, I didn't know, man. Sorry to hear that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's been, what, like another six months since oh, dang. he got, yeah, came back and. You know, it it was mutated, so now it's stronger. You know, oh, uh, I'm sure you you heard a few, you know, those terms with with your mom having that yeah. same type of situation. Yeah. So it came back. Uh, they're 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 doing chemo still. Yeah, they're doing chemo for another couple of sessions. So I don't know. It's it's tough. It's a tough situation. You know, um, right. I don't know. It's it's tough bro it's it's tough and if you could ever you know just i don't want to say like forgive your dad but just like you know it's it's always good to reach out and just hope hope that you could you know talk to him i know you you've been through this for your whole life and you're probably tired of it but, you know, he's still alive, you know?
1: Yeah. Maybe one day we'll see, man. <laughs> it won't be two days, though. <laughs> uh, nah, nah. It's, it's tough, man. And,
0: yeah. I mean, family is, oh, man. It's a tough situation with family, you know? Like, some family I, I, I can't talk to, and I'm, I'm not going to say specifically, (laughs) but... I'm sure they know. I'm sure they know. (laughs) It's tough, though, bro. I I get it. And sometimes it's it's, it's better to, you know, put yourself out of that situation or out of that room. Ah, But, like, something in me, like, wants to fix things with people... Yeah, and something something in me also is like, but they're not gonna change, right? You know, (laughs) so I I struggle with that, man. I struggle with that, you know, accepting someone's apology or, you know, it's just there's so much in life, bro. And I also feel like I don't want to waste time on that. You know, our our time is so limited, and I don't know. There's there's a lot to wrestle to wrestle with and you just once you have a family you kind of like for me specifically I'm kind of like hey you get your, if you're going to do harm some family to my family like I don't want that you know Yeah
1: exactly so they okay cutting that off <laughs> <laughs> so. No it's tough man nah, but- family's tough and even now as a dad it's even more tough man just trying to be a parent you know and trying to raise good little humans <laughs> so it's a hard yeah. world
0: decent you know i just want uh, to be decent yeah exactly know? Well, yeah. what has been the the hardest age for you you would say up to you know 13 your boy is
1: yeah um man i don't even know like as a father, i feel like you know yeah, I feel like uh, every kid is different and like different personalities. Um, like my oldest, he he's always been like super mellow, just no issues, man. Like I look at him wrong, he'll start crying, you know. Like he's just super wow. sensitive. Uh, my daughter, she's just a straight asshole, dude. She, <laughs> I can spank her ass all day, doesn't phase her. She'll just be like, "Are you done, Dad? Like, can I go now?" <laughs> And so it's like and but then she was fine you know she just she's like me bro she just talks a lot of shit and just has a response <laughs> for everything <laughs> so it's it's like tough trying to parent yourself you know and yeah. uh but she was she's always been pretty cool man but my youngest that dude he's like the most destructive one like he just loves to break shit loves to see how like stuff works so he likes to open things up and ride, you know, little uh, push cars as a scooter or a, a skateboard. And, you know, just uh, a few days ago, this little shit, he fucking hung off of our uh, towel rack in, our, in his bathroom and, like, ripped it out of the wall so I had to fix that. And then he's, like, uh, I sent him to his room, and he has a rocking chair in there. So he's, like, pushing himself off of the wall into his rocking chair. And I guess his foot slipped, and he hit the window. So he fucking huge crack on the, on the window pane. Like, oh man, this freaking kid, dude. So, oh wow, it's like, I think at different stages for all of them is kind of tough. You know, it's hard to like generalize. Like at eight years old, they all sucked, but (laughs) it's like, man, it's like each one has their own quirks, their own, you know, their their own little person, and so just trying to manage that, I think, is the toughest thing. And like trying to parent parent them to like. The best way that they understand, you know, it's is tough.
0: Yeah. yeah, man. My daughter's, my oldest is 12. Okay. She's not here. So I'm yeah. not being quiet. but I'm just I was going like, to say, why are you whispering
1: like, like she's around the corner? <laughs>
0: no, man. It's because she got her period July yeah. 4th, 2022 huh it's different
1: oh i bet man it's different
0: man yeah it's oh man like she's she's doing that you know transitioning into a teenager right so i have to be a little bit more sensitive yeah. i have to oh man being a dad for two girls is it's hard it's hard like, i only have one i can't imagine two man <laughs> yeah
1: the little you think ones, one that's, you think that's a little wild. bit of karma
0: or ah! <laughs> oh man. If it's karma, then I think it's good karma. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah, man. I I don't know. My my wife asked me the other day. She's all like, maybe you're not meant to have boys. She's all like, you know, maybe maybe that would be bad. She's like, yeah. maybe he'd be worse than you. You know? So. Do you guys I have know. it anymore? I don't think so. No, no. I'm I'm pretty content, you know, with what we have. And I don't know. Maybe. I don't think so. You know? No. Nah, I don't what want to What does your reach wife say, start. though?
1: What does your wife say, though?
0: She's cool. Yeah? She's cool. Yeah, she's, she's <laughs> cool with it. She, she mostly wanted to have a boy for me like oh, yeah. you know for my legacy or whatever right. i don't know i don't know i think about it different now because i see my daughters i see them like being great you know doing amazing things in school
1: and sports like yeah man they're crushing it. do i see all your yeah, posts yeah man
0: so it's like what do you mean legacy like my, maybe my last name is not gonna, right. you know, move on. But like, what we're teaching them—the values, the yeah. everyday lessons—like that's what's gonna be everlasting, you know. Right. And and man, that's 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 what I'm I'm cool with that, you know. Like, that's awesome. I don't, It'd be cool, you know, for my last name to, to keep going, but nowadays. <laughs> My daughter could be like, "Hey, nah, exactly. I changed my last name, nah. <laughs> Right? You know, so yeah. her choice. But if she ever hears this, like, you better change your name, nah, right? <laughs> nah, nah, it's cool, man. Like watching kids grow up, it's, amazing. it's like it's something else, you know. Like yeah. you, because when I first got like a hold of my first daughter, I was like, "Whoa." This is like, we made this, like, yeah. she looks like us, she acts like us. And it's just like watching someone, someone grow that you made and you just want the best, you know, yeah, at absolutely. least that's how I feel. Like I don't want to miss a thing. I don't you know, want to be, I want to be there for them, you know, yeah. and me and my daughters, we have open talks, you know, like I'm honest. I tell them. I don't want you to do that because I messed up in that regard, you know? Mm -hmm. And they learn, you know, they know, they know, but they also make mistakes, you know? And that's part of life too. You know, you got to make your own mistakes, but what we have to do is try to like limit those mistakes, you know, make, make a small one, make a small one, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Not a big one, please. Yep. (laughs) yeah, no, I get nah, that man. It's it's tough, bro. It's tough, but it's it's been a a blessing and it's like seeing the fruit of of how we uh cuz everything that happens to you forms you and you know kind of like molds you into who you are and who you're going to be for everyone else, right? Yeah. So I feel like like with our kids like I experienced what I experienced so they don't have to go through that you know yeah. or so that I could give them teachable moments and be relatable and you know so man there was there's so many things that that uh, maybe in a future podcast we could talk about as far yeah. as like what well, we went through when we were young you know that right. there's 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 a lot of pain there, there's a lot of scars, you know, and but it's a lot of things that like all right, well I could be like, man, that sucks. I could, you know, be gloomy about it or I could be like, you
1: know what? That's a a lesson learned, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I always tell people, man, I'm like my dad the way he was, I'm like he was my like greatest influence in life on like what not to be in life. <laughs> so it's, it's uh just taking those bad moments and kind of turning them into a positive and, and you know, growing from them and being better for sure. So just kind of passing that on to your kids as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Well, it's been great talking to you. Yeah, no doubt. I'm going to wrap this up um, again. Two beans in a podcast from the coastal plains to the mountain range of Colorado today.
1: (laughs) No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.